Hey holy guys, welcome. Hour Podcast. It's the Holy Hour Podcast. Welcome. What? Friends of the Cure. We uh we're coming at you late this time. This is in the Friends wee hour. Friends of the Holy Hour Podcast. Yeah. This is Gavin. I'm joined by Donald. Hey, thanks for joining us late. This isn't no uh, brunch podcast this time. Sipping I on like, I love brunch. OJ and coffee. Mimosas. Little crunchy uh, niblets. <laughs> oh, mimosas are kind of the greatest thing that have ever been. Like, whomever put that chocolate in that peanut butter mm. of orange juice and champagne. Yes, I would. I would blow them. Like, <laughs> or you know, if it was a lady that did it. Yeah. Um, Sky's the limit. Beautiful. <laughs> mimosas are the best. Is my point. Is mimosas are the best. And and if this is a brunch episode, I'm mimosas it up. But it's not. <laughs> it's late night. <laughs> late I'm, night, which means. I'm brunching in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever brunched in your heart? Can't say I have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We're kind of we thought this would be a great way to just kind of introduce the bulk of the episode. But Don and I are here. We're just kind of kicking this off for you guys, and uh, we uh, got a little cure chit chat. And what we're gonna do is the the main topic of the evening is Carnage Visors, the uh, epic tale that we've already kind of so covered big. with Faith. But um, we have a great segment we've been sitting on for a while by Arusha, Autumn, and Ben that was recorded a little while back. And uh, we thought we'd share that with you guys while we prep a huge, epic couple of episodes that are on the horizon still. But um, we thought we'd throw this your way, but we didn't want to, you know, we thought we had to do it justice by, uh, you know, saying hi first and uh, doing our little two cents a bit more. But before we dive in, the ease the listeners into Yeah, you can't just dive right into because it's so heavy. It's boom, so heavy. But, we are uh, forklifts yeah. of heavy cure podcasts. Yeah. Loads. But before we dive into all that, <laughs> with forklifts of heaviness, how's your cure levels been lately, Donald? Are you doing okay out there? I'm doing pretty good. Like <laughs> Aside from brunching I, all the time and talking <laughs> and brunching bullshit. on the cure, you know? I've been I've been brunching on stuff, you know? Yeah, cool. cool. But, um, have you have any cure revelations or what have you been listening yes. to? Yeah. Actually. Ah. Um I've been taking a cure break. Yeah. And it's necessary it's occasionally. It's weird. Like anytime I put it on, I'm like, meh, no. Yeah. And and I don't want to put it on. Like yeah. it just never um you know what I'm listening to music and stuff like it just never comes to the forefront of like well, I put that on but sometimes you know like times in the past like yeah. where it's just like that's like instantly when I you know pick up my iPod or whatever I'm just like go boom 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 and it's like the fucking cure yeah but 
It's so, uh, not a lot of that. So that's, your big cure news is that you haven't been listening to the cure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> boom! He's back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but it's not a bad thing. No, no, I um, see what you're saying. Because I'm listening to things that, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. are. Well, I got just the thing that might snap you back into it. I'm not sure you're aware. <laughs> But Carnage Visors. Carnage Visors. This is this epic song that you've never heard. No, uh, that's um, the best hook a fish could ever bite into. <laughs> right now, <laughs> is now the night we're recording this is a what? What is it? Tuesday night, and uh, this will air on Monday. But the Friday that's in between all this madness um, is uh, the twenty first. It's twenty first. It's Robert Smith's fifty eighth birthday. Four twenty. So, 420? Oh, wait. 421. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. So it's Robert's birthday this Friday. You doing anything to celebrate? I'm going to be recovered from 420, man. Oh, man. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> Who is no, this I'll... guy? After you listen to nothing but 311 all day. <laughs> <laughs> Amber is so, the color of my Sublime. <laughs> but no, I am going to get high and listen to some cure, though. There you go. See? <laughs> I knew that would snap you out of it. Even on 421. <laughs> Have you uh, ever had any kind of rituals for his birthday? I'm kind of nerdy that way, as you might suspect. Nope, not at all. Yeah. None at all. Like, yeah. Is it uh, fandom of that nature? Yeah. Is it more that you just forget or don't realize it's his birthday, or you just like make a deliberate effort not to celebrate his birthday? It's just, <laughs> not, my, it's just not my focus, man. There's like a billion things to focus on in the world, and like yeah, but I may be negating given, our podcast, given, yeah, <laughs> given, by saying this. giving but praise like, to the man that you uh, have a podcast know, in just, relation to. That's that's not such a terrible thing, but uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> To each his own, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I will probably try to listen to every album in a row or something like that. Um, I almost like, made it last year, but I forgot to fact check this, but it's pretty burnt into my memory. But it's also the anniversary of the death of Prince. Last year was on uh, Robert Smith's birthday, and I remember it work my old job. I used to just, wow. one of the perks is that you could just listen to stuff all day on your headset and uh um, I was yeah. like, all right, it's Robert Smith's birthday. I'm just going to listen to nothing but the care start to finish all day. And uh, then like heard about midday fucking Prince died. And everyone's just like, what? Holy shit. And then everyone's like, all right, guys, purple rain on loop. And I'm just like, okay. right. I was like, yeah, I couldn't deny it. And I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> man. But I was like, but it's Robert's birthday. Why don't fucking we put on like, the walk or something? It's kind of similar. Like, there's like drum machines. And, yeah, like, exactly. And... Just <laughs> threw off my whole fucking playlist. But yeah, it's sad as shit. You know, I love Prince too, to a certain degree. Yeah. Especially Purple Rain, you know. But but um, yeah, it's just a, a, a double sad day, though. But, mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully. Uh, no other deaths will shadow over my celebration of Robert Smith's birthday this year. As long as it doesn't sully 420, you know. Yeah. But that is that is a weird um, quinky-dink, like, time-wise of just, like, different dates meeting up. And... Yeah. And I think he was turning the same age or something, too. Or is some his other birthday weird... around Easter? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> now we're stretching. Now we're like one of those. Uh, did you Chem ever trails. the facts between Abe Lincoln and JFK's assassination? <laughs> it's like the first Abe few Lincoln are like JFK's chemtrails. Yeah, it's like that's awesome. Holy shit! Holy. Shit. They're like, eh, eh, eh. like the like the eighth fact. You're just like, there's no connection between these. <laughs> but. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm going to be home with my kids, so I figured, well, uh, he loves birthday parties, so I think we're going to just, like, really fucking Robert Smith it up and uh, have a birthday party for him. Why not? I'll get some, some Robert art out of him, maybe, or something like that. So, if nothing else, it'll be a good way to spend the day just <laughs> forcing him to listen to care records over and over again. <laughs> so. But, uh, yeah, so that's this Friday. And then Record Store Day is on Saturday. Uh, oh, snap. Yeah, which is usually a good and bad thing. Like, usually I go and I stand in the fucking horrible line just to buy some really overpriced thing. And um, only worth noting cure-wise in the sense that they are releasing a, a vinyl version of for the first time the greatest hits album that came back a little while back and it's a double vinyl from what i can tell of like or maybe four i don't know it seems like it'd have to be a lot of records of the acoustic thing that came out it's like their greatest hits and then the second disc would be the acoustic ones but i don't know i don't think I'll I, what, I don't it's the greatest hits one with the I thought stars it was like a re-release or something at first, but it is basically it's a like a vinyl release. I don't think they ever put it out on vinyl the first time around of the greatest hits album. I think came out around or oh shit when was that? Two thousand four maybe, two thousand one actually. So two thousand like galore or something like a no. It's kind of like it, it's mostly galore. Well, that's why it's kind of lay. It's just the combines like standing on the beach and galore. It's just like a literally a greatest hits, not the singles. It had like cut here and just say yes were the two new songs on the end. But basically, it's like yeah, like a condensed version. I would not buy that. I'm down with it, but it's like I already have even on vinyl. Like a few, even though I don't have a lot of the vinyl, but it's like I still have like the sh- same shit on that that I don't have. You know, so it's kind of like have pretty much and everything then, so. and i'm not down with just like buying shit over and over yeah. again just to have you know just to have it like yeah yeah and, i knew and, you would be pretty anti and i do think one, it's a I, little weird like nah. i could see why they're doing it but yeah. it's it is a tad gross like no gross is a stupid word but but it's redundant <laughs> would be a better word where it's like not, yes. not necessary because it's like anybody that has them already has all the fucking songs on something else, even on vinyl. But it's, you know, sake of having all their albums technically on vinyl, even for collectors. I see it. And it's a picture disc, which I'm pretty anti. It's like 20, like, like 20 plus bucks. Like, yeah, it's going to be expensive like, as fuck. I'm not probably, spending 25 bucks yeah. for a fucking record, man. Like, yeah. you could fuck yourself. Like. <laughs> but it's cool it's out there. It's so just I'll wait till it like, gets used and maybe they'll put it enough of them out. It has to be some out. rare shit, not some, f- like, yeah. not a, a fresh. Yeah, it's not really. Fresh vinyl. Like, it has to be some rare shit for me. Because I have spent, like, 30, 40 bucks on records, but they're all fucking old. Yeah. And there's some, like, history to them. Like. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not really on the top of my list. So, I'll probably wait till it comes out, used on somewhere, and try to find a 
slightly discount version or see if it doesn't sell at the record shop for a few months and then try to get it and how this and how this ties into carnage Carnage visors well the weird thing too is the availability of carnage visors which i was thinking about before like you know like we said we kind of covered a lot of these points with the faith episode a soundtrack to an art film yeah, so like anyone out there at this point listening to it in the sense that like doesn't know what the fuck yeah. Carnage Visors is because it is like a few tears in maybe on cure, you know, people that people that know the singles and shit may not know exactly what the fuck we're talking about. But it's yeah, it's it's on the, the reissue finally in full of the Faith reissue. But people have known it from the tape, I think, is probably the most widely the yeah. the Faith cassette um, had it as the beast, the whole second side of faith is carnage visors but what it is is the uh the film that we've talked about that they used as an opening act on the faith tour back in 80 what one and um they did the soundtrack to this like animated yeah this animated film that was like the opening act and simon's brother rick made it and the whole story the quick versions that they made this whole movie he made it and then they get like didn't get developed right and got fucked up. And, and they ended up on their fucking record. Yeah, and then like and they they recorded it, you know, and then they they recorded it blindly, which really defeats the purpose of doing a soundtrack film, really. And then like, but yeah, like the, that's what I was just wondering as far as because I wanted to hit you up with a few questions before we officially just kick it off to Arushan Company there. But um, it's funny like thinking of like because that cassette that we had these Carnage Visors was the B side, was like definitely not how faith was released you know in 81 so that no, was like not a, at all like a late it's 80s like a mall thing version of yeah it. and even like the cover like, is kind of red with like a deluxe a value yeah. cassette or something and yeah it was and, like a value cassette like yeah where they just like you're it getting two for onesies yeah so and I what wonder, a weird like, how, way to like what's that like I, I i feel like we uh we either like got the point of the concept of doing that or mm-hmm. missed it all together because yeah. I, I, I don't know whether yeah like finding it via cassette and like a value because I totally bought it like yeah I think it was like a two dollar fucking cassette man yeah and it was like a bonus like two for onesies yeah yeah and and it really like kind of blew my mind a bit it was just like what like a fucking cassette, yeah. a twofers, and <laughs> nowadays it's, I don't know, it's 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 such a long forgotten way to uh, like inseminate like a weird project, like knowing now, like what kind of what 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 went into making it. And it to being on to a cassette, like it's a huge journey and it's just a bunch of weird shit. Like it went from like, um, you know, it being played in a, in a tent to me buying it in a mall. Yeah. In, in a, like a dollar bin. Yeah. What's weird. Any like sound. The inception, the inception to the, (laughs) how people are hearing it. Yeah. And it's such a weird thing, and and at its core, it seems like a throwaway thing. You know, just like, oh, it's my brother, or whatever, you know, it's like this, God, no. 
we're going to make a fucking uh, a soundtrack to this movie we've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what a journey. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And, like, yeah, and that's what I wondered, like, just as far as where it ended up, in the sense, because they never put that out on vinyl is of anything. No. So, and they still haven't. Technically, maybe, like, the Faith reissue, I guess, has it on there finally. So it's probably like six, how many, I don't have like the reissue version of Faith on vinyl. <laughs> so, so I mean, but, but even that, I mean, it was like, so the cassette, it's weird. There was a huge gap from when it originally came out to when the cassette came out that had that. And then there was still a huge gap because the original CD of Faith didn't have it on there until, yeah. you know, like the 2000s or whenever, when they put those reissues out. So, I mean, it, and it I, is, re- I really want to fucking Carnage Visors on uh, vinyl. Yeah, like this. That's it would be I cool. So it, I think it is on the vinyl reissue. It's like a fortune, but yeah, it's on there. So that would be cool. But yeah, I mean, as far as like record store day shit and stuff, it would be cool. Just the <laughs> what we're talking about, you know, like why not just put that out on its own vinyl? Would be kind of a cool, weird collector's thing, you know? It's like, I'm sure maybe there's and there is tons of like bootlegs that have it and shit, but like an official release would be pretty cool. Actually, like, if they started, like, uh, releasing, uh, like, vinyl of, like, their singles, because they had such good singles, and if there was, like, a little, like, Carnage Visors, just, like, a nice, like, 12-inch or whatever, like... like, join the dots, just just something weirder like that, you know, it would be great to have that on vinyl, but I don't know. Because those are like... Um, I guess that's the whole category. Those are someone I... Uh-huh. I go ahead. Oh, no, what are you saying? Uh, those are some of my favorite, like... I I normally hate buying 12 inches of things. And yeah. It's, uh, something very specific, but I love, like, the attention and care that the, uh, the Cure put into their 12 inches or, like, their, like... Yeah. Bonus length EPs and stuff are always so cool. And like, yeah, the album covers are cool. They weren't, they were well thought out and yeah, for sure. Dope. Like, even just as a reissue yeah. box set of the seven inches would be great. Even if you just did yeah. them from a certain era or something, but to do all of them because the Smiths kind of did that. I got like one that's like the majority of the Smiths ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be awesome. Like even just to have like whatever years you know and like but yeah, yeah that'd be cool i would buy that for sure <laughs> totally man but like, yeah i mean like I, went, I was saying that falls in the category of all the billions of cool shit that the cure could put out just to make money or for collectors <laughs> you know i mean there's so much shit you know it's just like they haven't been gross no nah, and it's just like i mean all the live all. stuff as far as videos and they and, could easily be gross yeah i mean about it yeah, I mean, there's no shame in it, really. I mean, it's your shit. You should put it out in every damn format you can, really. You know? Yeah. It's like, um, and that's the beauty of Carnage Visors, you know? Yeah, like, it's still kind of elusive. Because why would you Why would you just put out this fucking... Like, how long is it? Like, 15 fucking minutes or some shit? 27, like, almost 28 minutes. Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to say 30 minutes. Yes. Like... Damn, what a bold <laughs> fucking move, man. Yeah, that's so yeah. bold. And that's so dope. I love everything about it. Like Yeah, it's and, just a cool sound. And I listen to 
I listen to that all the time. Like I still listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a perfect like, like background music when you're just hanging out and putting something on. It's, I love the way beginning. Come over to my house and eat some guacamole and listen to Carnage Visors because it happens all the fucking time, <laughs> all the fucking time. There you go. It's oh, like you said, like it's such a good like mood jams. Mm-hmm. Do you recall anything of it? Like, I mean, of course, it's the kind of thing they're not gonna acknowledge by, but like, I wonder. What, like one take if there's multiple takes of it how many i mean i'm sure there was like punch-ins probably but like as far as like t- it seems a like one take yeah that's uh, my um I mean, my going theory is just like one take yeah and i i half read a book and half googled <laughs> not tonight guy <laughs> i did not google no. anything but, yeah, uh, I don't recall them ever talking about like a, that. I think it was like a one-off thing. Yeah. And I'm sure they would hit towards that even if it wasn't. But at the same time, it's like, I just wonder like if there's other versions floating around that are slightly different. Fuck no. There's I, one version and it was on the cassette tape at a fucking Sam Goody or something. Because you think there would just be at least some part where they kind of get off track a bit. But it's pretty solid all the way through, like as far as, you know, just timing and it's feel fucking... you know and like i feel like it does lose steam a bit to be like my one nitpicky thing of it like where it starts out like super fucking how dare you after 27 <laughs> minutes fuck you <laughs> yeah somewhere around like 21 minutes it loses steam a little bit <laughs> or maybe i just lose steam while listening to it but i don't know but, uh, it's a lot yeah so i don't know it's pretty weird do you think that movie will ever fucking surface it's gotta be so bad like in the same i hope man (laughs) i hope before i die it's another one for the for the why the hell this hasn't come out on like some dvd or you know how easy would that be to sync it up you know like some come on yeah just as like a bonus feature on something you know but like you could yeah. do that like in like two out like yeah that's like two it, that's hours. That's what I mean. It's I got the feeling <laughs> it must be like so bad that they're just like <laughs> I don't know. But the song is so good. Yeah, like, man. Like, what the fuck? I I'm mean, gonna say a piece. The piece is so nice. Yeah, and like it's so dear to Cure fans' hearts. So like even if it is like one step above like Gumby production or something, you know, which throw us a fucking bone. Yeah. I mean, it still would be so cool for every Cure fan to see it. Cause there's that little snippet that's online, you know, where there's just like little bad claymation things like that. But like, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to see where the fuck it goes by like the 21st minute. (laughs) Like it just gets really weird or what, you know? Yeah. I feel like I would just go like, I'd shrug my shoulders and go like, yeah, that's what I expected. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I, sure it'd be something like, cool if to see it, once. If it were like a brilliant thing, <laughs> we would know about it. Like, if it was yeah, like exactly. a fantastic <laughs> thing, it would be on the fucking internet. Like, there's a reason why it's just like no one's like, nah, yeah. it's just dumb guys. Like, there's a reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think they said something. I forget where the it. other copies, there was like two in existence, and like Robert has one, and maybe the guy that made it has the other. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I think it's on a pretty tight leash, whatever it is. But, but yeah, I guess enough of our jibber jabber. Let's hand it off to uh, a further conversation, diving into Carnage Visors. Arusha, Autumn, and Ben present Carnage Visors. Play, find Carnage Visors, and hit the first note for a minute. You guys, you guys. Yeah, you were, you were, you Ben. You were saying last night that you felt like when you listen to it, it's like a place. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it's especially, like, I, it's true, I, uh, I am Norm, okay? You know, I walk in, everybody cheers as I enter, and Carnage Visors is playing in the background. has a little bit of a Robert Hare going on. Okay, we and we deciphered that it was two bass guitars, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no. Yeah, it's two bass guitars, keyboards, and a drum machine. Was there a guitar? There's no guitar. She read that excerpt from that. Yeah, I'm gonna find it again. but but what about the place? Um, The place, man. Well, I I mean, I always envision I I got when I got uh, Carnage Visors, I was eight. No, it was for my 19th birthday I got it, and uh, I was in, I, I lived in the middle of nowhere, away from bus routes or anything that connected me to the world, and so I just had my music and my imagination, and it was, uh, and I listened to it a lot over the California winter. In the Bay Area, that means it's gray and misty the whole fucking time, if not raining. And I just envisioned, like, these endless labyrinthine stretches of, like, brutalist architecture, uh, just with that gray haze. Everything's grayscale in California at that time of year. And, uh, I don't know. And, I mean, I'm sure the artwork for Faith itself influenced that uh, notion. I mean, how could it not? Right. I I always felt Carnage Visors sounded more like the Faith album cover than Faith did. Uh, just that kind of gray abstract. The frog ca- Yeah, the, the, what was that? No, the Carnage Visors music sounded more like the cover of Faith itself. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, the, like the, the, the frog bones are fascinating, but the thumb, just that, that gray, it's, it's basically a blur, unless you know. It's a building. I think I remember reading an interview with Robert Smith where I feel like that's like, a... It's like a building of some structure, but it looks like a thumb to me. Yeah, it's... Under my thumb! Carnage Oh, God, that is my favorite Rolling Stones song. No. Uh, we'll but anyway... But no, that's the thing. Um, basically, the, the color scheme and the, the fuzzy sense of that Faith cover really imprinted itself on Carnage Visors in my experience. And especially just the repetitive. I mean, it's like you're lost in this vast unending place it's not good or bad it just is it's i mean the sense that you know well i'm here nothing's happened maybe what's what's beyond this might be more imposing more of a problem i don't know i mean i don't perceive a problem i actually used to fall asleep to carnage visors every night so really yeah it was i i I mean and again it's when i was like probably between the ages of 19 and 22 I was uh, a little younger, but yeah, I used to always like put that on as my like nighttime. Um, it was almost like now I use those stupid like apps you download. I should maybe start doing Carnage Visors again, but like, yeah, it would like soothe me to sleep every night. Really? Yeah. Do you remember um, when you heard it for the first time, ish? Yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Like right it was away. strange. Yeah, well, yeah, because it was like um, I mean, you know, my parents. They were, I mean, it's not like they weren't hippies, but they had like cool records. Like, my dad listened to cool shit, and a lot of those songs were longer than, you know, they weren't like typical pop songs. So, um, I was excited to hear something that long that didn't have lyrics. That was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could really focus on the music, which I, um, I don't think it gets lost because, like, The Cure are a brilliant band, they're all very talented, but 
I think music in general gets lost when someone's singing over it. Right. You know? And I do think Robert's good. I think he's one of the few front men that does use his voice as an instrument. And right. he, is, he isn't just like, I'm gonna sing over this fucking, these guys. It's mm-hmm. like, it all comes together in this very coherent, beautiful, like, all the parts are needed. But with this, I could really focus on the 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 pacing and how like monotonous and bleak it was. I think it just kind of appealed to like some like stoner part of my brain. You know? It's very soothing, you know? It has that same effect I think shoegaze music has. Mm-hmm. Where you just feel mm-hmm. like you're just this mm-hmm. woozy and you're like kind of in it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It, it. It's not something that had to grow on me at all. It was like I just turned the tape over and thought it was really fucking cool. Yeah, I can't remember when I first heard Carnage Advisors because I heard Faith and 17 Seconds on Happily Ever After. Cause mm-hmm. that was, that was, I bought the album not knowing what the fuck was going on. And I was really, really young and I had heard In Between Days and all the Japanese whispers, just the singles. And so I think it actually took me a minute to get into Faith and 17 Seconds. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember... I may have been exposed to Carnage Visors like, through Acid. I don't know. Acid? Yeah. Acid! I feel Thank like God. it may have been, like, a... More, like, you gotta hear this kind of moment from, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Ian, probably. I'm yeah, sure yeah, Ian yeah, had yeah. something to do Hi, with it. Hi, Ian. Hi, Ian. <laughs> it's a different Ian. It's not the Ian that's... It's not, her, I- it's not Ian Sinonius. That's what Ian it's called. The mic is resting on or Ian McCullough or Ian I, McKay. I, I, I figured, oh, I wish it was Ian McCullough. <laughs> My hero. What if we were like, yeah, Ian McCullough versus Franny Ian McCullough? Meanwhile, all right, so I'm going to read story time. So okay. here's a little um, excerpt from Ten Imaginary Years yeah, about Christ. Carnage Visors. And this is page 45 of Ten, <laughs> Ten Imaginary Years. Meanwhile, Simon's brother Rick had been working on a minimalist animation film to accompany the band on tour instead of a support band. The film, Carnage Visors an antonym for rose-colored spectacles. I have to repeat that again because it's very important. Yes, please. An antonym. The film, Carnage Visors, an antonym for rose-colored spectacles, was shot in Rick's garage, but when he got back to the processors, when he got it back from the processors, he realized the light exposures had all been wrong and that barely anything had come out. Gee, I don't relate to that at all. Don't a bitch, I tell you what. I tell you. Simon, Simon says, Rick had a lot of good ideas, but was a bit naive and lacked the material experience. He had to redo about two months of work in three days. He wanted to hang himself. Consequently, it was a good, it was as good as it was going to get. With the British tour fast approaching, Robert decided that we'd have to record the soundtrack blind, quote unquote. So they went into Point Studios on March 16th using the day shift. Robert says, we rehearsed it for three days and then did it in one go. I played bass along with Dr. Rhythm drum machine. Lowell counted out the beats on a stopwatch and held the treatment for me to read. And Simon had a bottle of wine, which he poured into my mouth every, every other minute. We got through three bottles of wine by the time we finished it. Then Simon did some bass overdubs. I did some keyboards and that was it. We didn't actually see the film until just before we went on tour. So they carry on about 
primary and da 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 Flip the page. Turn the page. Turn the page. Page 48. Critics, this is about um, touring, so they'd open with Carnage Visors. For the public, there was no way out. The critics said the gigs were religious ceremonies, and it was true. Most of the time, I left the stage crying. It was horrible, but at the same time, a good experience. Bizarre and intense. We only played the Faith album and one or two numbers from 17 Seconds. And because we felt so much... We felt so much what we were doing. If someone shouted something, Simon and I would go mad. We'd often jump up in the crowd and sort things out. Simon says... Carnage Visors worked for us in a way because we could find out what an audience was like by the reaction to it. If there were a lot of cat calls and throwing things at the stage, it would wind us up a lot and we'd go out and it'd be really aggressive. Interesting. It is. Very interesting. Yeah. And when you're reading that, I kept thinking about like Robert Smith. I imagine Robert Smith going. <laughs> Settling things with the crowd. Settle some things here. I have or a thing I need to settle. Need to settle some stuff. I think he was a, a tough a tough lad. In the I need beginning. to balance my tough checkbook. Crowd. <laughs> tough crowd. He was a tough lad and it was a tough crowd. They had to be. They went through the same shit we went through. Like, people didn't understand them. They wanted to kick their asses. Like, who hasn't had bottles thrown at them? Yeah, I know. Well, also in Lowell's, in Lowell's book, he talks about the fact that Robert, like, no, nobody, a lot of people didn't know what to make of Robert because he was half a lad, like, half a normal person and half, like, out in the clouds. So even just, they could just see that in him and they were like, what are you? Who? I don't get it. And they just wanted to beat him up for that yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, that, that, that part in that book actually really stuck with me. The whole thing about like not understanding like he's robert smith isn't an open book you don't look at him and get what he's about instantly i think a lot of people are very predictable right you know you can just figure out the cut of their jib pretty instantly but robert is kind of complicated a, was, like, he's had the same um sweetheart since he was like what like a, an infant but most of the cure songs are about <laughs> heartbreak but no i mean it, it... I think that taking drugs and listening to music is a common thing. It's not a no, good or bad no, thing. It's no. just, you know, that that is an association a lot of people have. I feel like this is a Stony Joe song, though, oh, to use an autumn term. Stony Joe's high ride. Oh my god, yeah. This is an after school special. Song. I feel like a lot. See, of... I feel like 235 by Spiritualized is a Stony Well, I mean, Spiritualized's entire career. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that particular New song Year's is like. <laughs> You know, no, whereas no. this, I feel like, is, is uh, it could be, but I feel like it could be just as easily, like, maybe you're you're sweeping and thinking right. about it. <laughs> maybe we should take this into more of a, um, I hate the term, but it's more of a zen-like song, because mm-hmm. it is very repetitive. It's, it's that peaceful repetition. Like... Yeah, there's something you can hold on to mm-hmm. the whole time. There has, it has a heartbeat to it, that t- 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 <laughs> particularly... Yeah, that's a heartbeat that goes throughout the whole song. And then... Well, the other thing I talked about before, too, was that my friend Mike Moskowitz, I made him listen to the to Carnage Visors, and he was like, I listened to it four times, and I don't get it. Um, I like that he listened to it four times, yeah, that's though. That's specific. Oh. Well, he's very... He's a very studious uh, listener. Like, if you tell him, like, this song is real good, or this band is... He will study it, and he's... Like, 
he's just a person that's like, what does that song mean? Like when yeah, we were yeah. with Lowell, we met Lowell at the book signing. He asked him very specifically about a song. And Lowell kindly was like, sometimes songs don't have meanings. It's no. just art. Yeah. And it just comes. And you, you know, to try to dissect it too much, you could ruin it. Yeah. You know? Totally. So let's continue to dissect this. Oh my god, I love this. amazing. We actually were talking about that earlier. I'm like, it's it's hard to dissect things I love because, like, as somebody who is a, you know, ostensibly a music critic. Right. Sometimes I've had people ask me, they're like, oh, why don't you do, like, classics or your favorites? I'm like, because I don't want to alter my relationship with them like that. And I feel like the cure is so much in my blood that it doesn't change it the same way. But it, it, like when you love something and you pick it apart, it does change it. Or at least when you share that picking apart. We all have our own picked apart thoughts on anything we experience. It's that the cure gotten so weird to me. I'm sure we all have in the same boat, despite our age differences, because you were raised on it. Yeah. I mean, you got into them at we, a very we, young age, We all got too. into them in about 1987. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so weird because that was so long ago. It feels like such a part of me at times that I both take it for granted and also just kind of like am blown away by how it's affected my life mm-hmm. in ways that people don't even get mm-hmm. that I don't even talk about because I take it for granted mm-hmm. like the friends I have um, the things I listen to the choices I've made it's huge it's huge <laughs> it's huge um, no it's weird it's hard like even like for doing something like this when we talk about like you know it's like I'm, I'll make jokes and whatever but it is kind of crazy when I think about like I wouldn't have the friends I have that had not been for the cure that's a weird thing to say mm-hmm. but like it all kind of mm-hmm. like happened I wouldn't know you Mm-mm. you know well we may have bumped into each other Nick Cave like yeah 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 but you know what I mean like I don't think we would have the kind of relationship we have it was like that kind of cemented it of it's course. almost like it's like a it's like it's like that was the old lit- litmus test the new one is would you punch a Nazi yes okay you're right. my friend you know right, like right, I feel right. like there's like different ones before it was the cure yeah but um yeah like I when I think about like that's how I ended up in San Francisco you know, just yeah. like shit like that. It's like they just indirectly affected my life in like this profound way that I really take for granted. It's really hard for me to just look at them in a in a objective way sometimes. Because all those emotions come back. Like I can't, sometimes I'm just like, eh. But then I'll go see them play and suddenly everything's rekindled. It's almost mm-hmm. like this, like, when you talk about like loves of your life, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a band. <laughs> It's not a human being, sadly. I mean, it's like a few human beings in a band, but like no, that's I mean, like it's one a of my. Weird thing. It's like a love of my. It's a soulmate, and, I, and that sounds creepy and weird, but it is. Well, I remember because uh, I uh, when I was at my first Cure show, I spent. I I, I was I texted you about yeah, I was so excited about the you were texting and me the you, songs they were playing. I was like and, freaking and, out and and so freaking Autumn like Autumn had been you know like. I, you know, we, we'd obviously had our tickets for the shows and Autumn's shows, yours were a couple weeks after my three weeks later. And you, I remember said, oh, I'm not that excited, but I know that once the tour starts and I see it, I'll Mm -hmm. get excited again. Because, you know, for you, it's something you've done dozens of times. And so I'm at the show and I remember like through fucking tears because the second they went on stage before they even played a note of a song, I was just like. 
God. Like that internal what the fuck, and especially because it's so primal. It it, it threw well also because I had been taught to expect that the cure would go on stage to the bombast grandiose plain song opening because that's you know a traditional opener yeah and so they went on stage and there was just this weird silence there wasn't the wind chime yeah, ambiance yeah, there wasn't yeah. anything and i'm like and i, I remember i think I, I think i think i think i even texted you i'm like i don't know what's happening they're on stage yeah. and there's no noise <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and they started with fucking shake dog shake yeah, yeah, yeah. and i just like instant <laughs> i well, well no I died. I died. and i i instantly I was just fucking crying because yeah, i was yeah. I, I was confused and overwhelmed oh, God, but i remember your excitement seemed so to triple in that I moment know, when I texted you, so and I'm like, "Oh, now they're doing this. Now they're playing push. Oh, now they're doing oh this." God. It's like what I the... was all exclamation points and just yeah, no, I, I my my texts that day from you were mostly exclamation points and emojis. Oh my god! Holy shit! Oh, I love that! Holy shit! Like it's so it's so exciting, but it was weird because it was like I was so excited for you because it was your first Kira show. I remember my first Kira show. God. Um. I don't remember all the cure shows I went to, but I remember my first. Oh, and, it, and there's a few that stand out. But yeah, that was very exciting to me. Just yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing of firsts, I mean, you're saying that you heard them in the 80s. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just, I mean, I was like, I think I, I probably heard them in the early 80s. I don't know, I don't remember. But, but I, one thing I also had talked about the last time we tried to do this was how interesting I think it is that there are people that are still just discovering them now, like in the past five to ten years. Yeah. yeah. And like Mike actually didn't discover them until he was in his mid thirties, and he discovered them through Alt End, which I think is really interesting because most people, somebody's like, here, listen to you know, Disintegration, or you hear pictures of you, or you're like, oh, that just like Heaven Song. But, um, but this this girl, um, Cure Mad Girl, she has a an online um, YouTube page. I had discovered her through my documentary and I looked at her stuff and then in Wembley I saw her night one and you saw like a, like you saw like other voices people and shit like didn't you or yeah I mean it was a really intense like it was like a time mash yeah. like all decades of like cure fan time club people were there like everybody the original, was like, the, there the OGs and shit yeah, yeah. everybody there was a lot of people there, but so this girl, I see this, this girl that I recognize from YouTube and, you know, I, I kind of took a minute to like watch her as I do because I like watching Cure fans and I filmed her for a minute, but she was so excited. She was like buzzing, shaking, literally, yeah. you know, yeah, that, and I know that, but she, Ooh, is this basement three? Yeah, it's Electrolane. Oh, it's Electrolane. I thought it was, uh. The beginning of spiritualized, what? ladies and gentlemen. No, maybe. No, no, no. The first record with the, the yeah, yeah, pure, people. yeah, yeah, pure yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, not your face. No, you, the other, the other one. one. Oh, I, I love. Was, I'm uh, sorry. I love your hand gestures to <laughs> figure out this one. This one and this you know, one. You know, I just that one. Spiritualized. This thing opened up for Susie and the Banshees. That's how I figured. What? Isn't that crazy? That's how, that's what made me like get obsessed with them. Anyway, go on. Wow. I know it was a good. They show. opened up for you saw Susie, Susie and the Banshees. You saw Susie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I lived in Colorado. I've seen Susie. Yeah. I, well, She's great. Well, no, I mean. But spiritualized the, the whole thing. Spiritualized were actually better that tour. Oh. Anyway. 
But just just the, the the conversation of like how this girl who I don't know how old she is, but to me she looks like she could be anywhere from seventeen to twenty three. Yeah. Like how how is it that this band? Yeah. It, it get speaks to her, and it speaks to her in the same way that it sp- spoke to all three of us, in the same way that it spoke to whoever else was following them around. And no, totally, totally. Well, no, it's interesting because we're all different people. I meet Cure fans that are different from me, obviously. Yeah, not every Cure fan is like that, but it's no, like... No, no, but it's like there's something... I think that there is a certain type of person where it's not just like, oh, I like this song, but there's certain types of people that become Cure fanatics where we all kind of see eye to eye politically. And we have the same ideas about things, and I don't know. They're like, uh, it really is kind of a test for me. Not like, oh, I really like... I don't, what's I, I can't even think of a song like oh I like just like heaven and love song yeah, yeah I, fuck those people um, no don't no, really fuck you I'm sure you, you're lovely people but just like you, heaven's a great song but yeah. you know what I mean but then, <laughs> then there's the people that are talking about carnage visors on a yeah. podcast for the internet no, I mean and you're all in my kitchen and you guys are great I mean there's <laughs> you guys I, I get I, you guys I can, well, I can, in our kitchen yeah, I, I can right? think of <laughs> It would be easier for me to list the songs by The Cure that I don't like than to list the ones I do. I know, and it's very I could be like, oh, like, like, like yeah. you shouldn't have covered Young Americans. No. Yeah, okay. well, <laughs> you know. Just don't. Uh, I mean, nobody that. should ever. No, no. I don't like, even like, know what, like, if, what if, record that's on. If you're a musician listening, don't ever cover it's David it's Bowie. On, it's just on don't. the record YouTube. <laughs> no, it's, it's on Join the Dots. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, that's right. That's and right. Also, it is, it is. also, they also covered "World in My Eyes" by Depeche Mode, which again, yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. don't do don't that. Like, the Cure doing covers. They don't need not, to. Not the, because they're such great songwriters, it's unnecessary. Yeah. And they choose to cover people who are also peerless, so it's like, yeah, oh, totally it's like, sense. come on, yeah, like, nice I'm songs. cheering for you, but like, come you on, can't cure. do that. Cover some Lacey Space Cake. So what do you um? Um, Ben, again, to recall, oh. as a member of the younger generation, do you, do you think that bands now can be that 40-year rock and roll legacy? I mean, we, we, we established, yes, everybody, even if a band comes out tomorrow and only has a lifespan of a year, they could write a fucking record that's going to blow everyone's minds and you're going to, there's going to be people that listen to it and it's going to be great. But the longevity thing. I mean, my personal opinion is that the music industry is not structured in the way it once was, where bands could put out an album that doesn't perform well but shows promise. And, like, there was an era where you could show just continued growth, and that was enough for a record label, a major record label at that, to keep funding your progress Mm. as you found your way. And an interesting theory a friend posited to me, which I have no foundation to dismiss, is that... It was actually when money men who knew nothing about music were running the industry, mm-hmm. rather than A and R nerds who gave a shit. Those guys just kind of were like, "Well, we've got cash. We'll throw it at a little bit of everything and see what sticks," um, because you know they were kind of doing the shotgun approach. Now with targeted stuff, it's like, "Oh, that didn't. That wasn't a success." What do you mean targeted stuff? Uh, people are actually like. They're more talent scouts. It's much more targeted which artist you'll pick up rather than saying, oh, like, you're an interesting rock band and people are coming to your shows and we'll, you know, we'll have this growth contract or whatever it may be. 
bands don't have a three album window in which to find their commercial footing now you don't perform well you're fucked like right out the gate because the music industry isn't what it once was that said um with platforms like Bandcamp and SoundCloud, musicians also don't need labels the way they used to. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to build a 40-year career on your own. I mean, no no band starting today, unless they're performing very derivative. I mean, you got like your cold place of the world, sure. You know, and arcade uh... fires. No, and I, I, I mean, that is a pessimistic view, but it seems to be reality. The Arcade Fire plays arenas. Coldplay plays arenas. Yeah, but Coldplay started in but, the 90s, right? Coldplay started, like, yeah, like, 98. And Arcade Fire started... Like, 90... Yeah, like 2000. Too. But, yeah, but, but, you, but you see what I'm saying. Bands that cater to that. You're not going to see a band playing, you know, like... No band that's putting out an album today that sounds like pornography is going to be playing arenas in 30 years. That's just not a thing. But also, The Cure, while they've put out, you know, for, for us fans great albums in the last 20-ish years, you know, they're touring on the strength of material that's 30 years old in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. Mm-hmm. They're touring on material, like, you know, well, even if you love them, you cannot deny that 92 was the cutoff point for most of the commercial longevity of The Cure. Like, everything up to and including Wish is what they have managed to leverage to have the success they have. That's more than half their career now that they've just been able to carry on the weight of some world-shakingly brilliant music. Mm-hmm. And I love Blood Flowers, and I'm even one of those people that defends the self-titled album. Uh, not every song on it, but there are some songs on it that are unfuckwithable, and I will argue that if you find me on Twitter... You know, if you're listening, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about it. No, like, like, there are some great songs, and there are some mediocre songs, but there are also mediocre songs on their classic albums, too, sometimes. It's just a thing. Well, but wait a minute. Fight. I don't mind fight. I I don't mind it, but I don't love it. So, here's, like, I hear what you're saying, but I think that what The Cure has in... The fact, like, yes, they're they're more powerful. Arguably, their better music was in the first half of their career. However, their live shows are so fucking good, and their fans are so loyal, and they keep growing. Mm-hmm. And now their parents pass it on to their children. But that's part of the reason why I think they've been around for so long. And yeah. well, I yes. watched a documentary about Rush recently. <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, well, it also made... Robert Smith, can we just... Can you help me? And we can make a movie like the Rush movie. It's going to be really great. Um, yeah, what the fuck, Robert Smith? What uh, are you doing? I don't know. But then in this film, Rush really talked about the way that they survived was because they toured all the time. Mm-hmm. And all the time, they would take a year off. Like, they yeah, weren't... But I, those Rush fans, ugly. Oh, they're, they're something ugly. But there. But they were saying that, that it was the, their fans, but they, but then the fans say, well, it's because they play so fucking good. And yeah, I think that The yeah. Cure is, uh, yeah, it's their um, catalog, whatever way you slice it, but it's also, even with the rotating band members, because it's not the same... I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, like Bowie is always kind of Bowie, right? Or was always, you know, Bowie with different people. But 
he has longevity. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's interesting. I think it's a combination of the climate of making music today, the artist, mm-hmm. and rock and roll. I think that we're in a downside. Like, I think rock and roll was born in, what if you say it's born in the 50s? Yeah, yeah. The teenage years of rock and roll were in the 60s with Garage Band, and then, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the 18, 19-year-old was punk rock, and yeah, then yeah, the yeah, 20s yeah. were, you know what I mean? That's how I feel. Like, now, totally. it's very much like, when I hear kids talk about music, a lot of them just talk about doing everything yourself on the laptop versus grabbing a guitar. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I... I agree, but that's like there's actually what your your camera is, or your recorder's propped up on. There's like this fascinating essay, in that little book there about like rock and roll is real estate. Oh really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's a really good essay about like because rent is so expensive now and you can't afford practice spaces or garages. Right. Like that. Um, there, that there has been like a, a influx of laptop musicians and singer songwriters and whatnot because no one has the money to have a band. Yeah. That requires space, that requires real estate, that requires volume, because you yeah. need a drummer, and you got to be as loud as the drummer. It's a fa- it's a really great essay. You well, you know, The Cure had Robert's mom, and this, they Yeah, they were, like, totally garage. cool. That was, like, a different time. You know, like, my family had a garage when I grew up. I think yeah. that's a luxury now. I haven't seen a... I can't think of the last time I've fucking saw, seen a garage. Who has garages? Oh. All right, team. Uh, this is Arusha reporting to you. For the Holy Hour podcast with Autumn. Hi. And Ben. Bye. Fight the power. Fight the power. Here we go. Over and out, team. All right. There you go, listeners. Carnage Visors. You thought we couldn't talk about Carnage Visors for an hour. Shame on you. All right, granted, we did steer off topic a little bit here and there. But for the most part, we did it. And uh, thanks for listening. And, of course, thanks so much to Arusha, Autumn, and Ben for once again contributing to the program. Always love hearing your Cure conversations. Um, You can find Autumn's music at laceyspacecake.bandcamp.com. And uh, you can also check out her wonderful illustrations in books such as Defensive Eating with Morrissey, vegan recipe book that you can also happen to find at MixedUpGifts.com, another friend of the show there. And uh, be sure to go on over to Black Metal and Brews on YouTube, um, where you can also find the blog. That's Ben's project where he reviews Black Metal and Brews. So uh, lots of stuff to check out. And, of course, go on over to CureFanDocumentary.com where you can check the latest updates on Push, a Cure Fan documentary, um, uh, Arusha's project there. And you can find all the social media outlets there and figure out a way to drop a line to her and see how you, you, yes, you out there can help make this project come to life. Again, that's CureFanDocumentary.com. So go check that out. As for the Holy Hour podcast, thanks so much to Donald for uh, kicking off some Cure Jibber Jabber with me. And um, be sure to subscribe to our podcast here on iTunes. Um, Leave us a ranking, a review, anything along those lines would be gratefully appreciated. Apparently it helps a lot. 
I don't know. But uh, feel free to drop us a line there or just to me specific at gavinconnor at gmail.com. As far as social media stuff, go on over to Facebook where you can find links to specific episodes and follow along with extra little tidbits. So on Facebook, just punch in the Holy Hour Cure Podcast and it should pop up. As well as on Instagram, the Holy Hour Podcast is there waiting for you. We'll be throwing out some feelers for for episode ideas and uh, chances for you to contribute. So we always want to hear from the listeners, um, whether it be a, a segment or just how how you're feeling. So uh, until next time, we'll catch you soon from the Holy Hour Podcast. Go put on Carnage Visors. Do whatever it is you need to do in the next 30 minutes to a wonderful piece of instrumental music. Till next time.